Hi, and welcome to the White Hat versus Black Hat SEO show. My name is Josh, crazy big hair, Bashinsky. And uh, today we have with us our uh, gray hat correlation specialist, co-host, Ted Kabaitis. Say hi there, Ted. Hello. <laughs> Hello. So, Ted, what's new with you? What's going on uh, in your neck of the woods these days? Oh, I am doing the mad dash to get Cora 4 out the door. And uh, I'm trying my hardest to stop adding cool stuff into it so I can get it done. But at the same time, it's like, oh, I could just add this one more awesome thing that people love. So I'm, uh, you know, in that quagmire trying to get it done today, trying to get it out this week. Well, everybody at home and watching, everyone right now, pray to the SEO gods that Ted can get it out because Core 4 is going to be fantastic. Uh, if you've never seen the show before, we are the finest SEO show on the YouTubes. And let me tell you why. It's not just because of my giant ego or this chest hair. That's not the reason why. The reason why is because we actually do this thing called scientific testing, uh, both massive correlation studies in the wild tests uh, partially in the wild tests uh, where we, we have little sneaky tactics where we can kind of do in the wild test, but it's partly single variable and complete gibberish controlled environment, single variable tests, which gives us a very high level of knowledge of what's going on in the SEO space and gives us a uh, highly trustable level of very fine tuned knowledge where we can pick apart the algorithms and we can rank in basically any place we want. All the people who uh, join our stuff all get better in rankings. You don't believe me? Go to bit.ly slash SEO proof, and you can see all the proof there. So, um, in fact, we're such a good uh, uh, SEO show that all the other SEO shows talk about us, <laughs> and, and that should tell you something. I mean, if all the other SEO shows out there are talking about you, that means you're either really, really good or you're really, really bad. <laughs> so it's one or the other. I like to say it's this one, but, you know, you make up your own mind which one it is. And so uh, today we're just going to be answering your SEO questions. Any SEO questions you have, we're going to try and help you rank better today. Uh, if you're watching live on YouTube, the questions are up here on the right-hand side on the chat. Please, by all means, go and ask your SEO questions. Please put a few stars or asterisks in front of it so I can see it with my Coke bottle glasses here. See, this is how blind I am. You see that? See that? Ooh, look at that. So I need the help to see questions that are for me to answer. So please go ahead and put some asterisks there. Chico, one of my apprentices and he's in the mentorship group is here. A bunch of people from my mentorship group are here actually. So maybe Chica and uh, Ted will help police the chat as well as they normally do. And so getting started off with the show, I'd like to talk about what's new in SEO right now. And basically it's just what I was talking about. There's been a couple other hangouts that have gone on around SEO testing. Uh, 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 the Gypsy, David and uh, Terry and his crew over there in SEO Dojo, they recently had a hangout with Bill Slosky, uh, Doc Sheldon, uh, those kinds of guys, and they're talking, uh, and uh, Dr. Pete, uh, who used to work for Moz, I think, does he still work for Moz? I'm not sure. Anyway, they're talking about SEO testing, and they're pretty much poo-pooing the whole idea. And, uh, oh yeah, and uh, Eric Enga as well, who's also been on the show, he's a friend of the show. And Eric actually showed my chart here, and I just want to show this chart, uh, just to show you how important it is, Eric actually brought this up. And this is how you know you've got some good information when other people are bringing your chart, your your infographic that you've made, people are bringing it in and saying, yeah, but what about this? Josh says this. Uh, and say, so let's just check out this chart here. For those of you who haven't seen it, this is the levels of SEO knowledge. And this is why you should be trusting my group or groups like my group. Because uh, I'm not the only one. I like to think I'm a very good one, but I'm not the only one. 
but we're very rare. And there's groups that are doing stuff like this, single variable tests, like uh, I'm doing here on Secret SEO Guru. Just go to secretseo.guru. You can see what we're doing, get a sense of it. And also what stuff that uh, Cora is doing, this is, a, this is TED software. It's a massive correlation software. It is your best set it and forget it SEO software that exists. Most SEOs don't get past this kind of level of knowledge. Uh, they, they all listen to each other's opinions. That's the worst kind of evidence. That's hearsay. Then they listen to what Google says. That's a little bit better than hearsay, but still Google has to protect their algorithms. They don't tell you everything, and they mislead on purpose. And then finally, they, they do a change on their website, and five weeks later, they see a ranking change, and they figure it's the change they did five weeks later. That's called cause correlation fallacy, people. And that's how most SEOs and most SEO channels operate. Everybody else, all those guys, Neil Patel, Alex Becker, uh, all these other folks, Chase Reiner, all these guys, especially the guys who talk against testing, you know they're talking against it because they just don't do it. So this is the kind of knowledge you need to be looking for. Whether it's from my group or not, I don't care. That's not the point. You need to be looking at this kind of knowledge uh, when you want to be developing your SEO uh, theories of what's going on. It's the quality of knowledge that makes the difference. It's the evidence that makes the difference. It's not me. It's not as handsome as Ted and I are. It's not me. It's not Ted. You shouldn't believe us because we have nice facial hair. You should believe us because we do this kind of testing that produces the better kind of knowledge. And we're saying, do that. Fine. Don't like us? Fine. Do it yourself. You know, but, but do that, right? That's how you should be basing your SEO things on. And it's everyone's been talking about it lately in the SEO space. And so that's what's going on now. The other thing that's going on and has been going on since April 16th is Google's been making a ton of changes. Uh, uh, Ted with his software, Cora, is all over what these changes are. And also our single variable testing has been very carefully picking apart what all these changes are. And so you need to get with a group that's been aware of these changes and what's going on. It's not the medic update. People call it that just for a name, but it has nothing to do with medical sites. It has nothing to do with recipe sites. It has nothing to do with this or that kind of site. It has nothing to do with your money or your life. It has nothing to do with EAT, the, the, the expertise, authority, and trust. I believe that's what that stands for from the Google Quality Readers Guidelines. That's just Google's PR smokescreen to throw you off the track. You need to get with people who are doing the high-level scientific testing, and that's what you need to do. Okay, so enough about that. Uh, now let me see if I can get to any SEO questions that you guys might have here. And if you have any more SEO questions, please, by all means, ask them if you're watching live on YouTube right here on the top right-hand side. Also, for those folks who are in the chat, if you guys have any questions, go ahead and type them in here. Ask them now or, or turn on your mic and go ahead and ask any questions. Today is a complete SEO Q&A. We want to answer as many questions as possible. So fire them at me. Fire them at me. I'll see what kind of uh, evidence we have, the high-level trustable evidence I was talking about that we could try and answer questions for you. So Thomas, who is also in my mentorship group, who is also sitting in today, he asks on the chat here in the private hangout, he asks, is there a Google sandbox for new domains? If yes, how long does it take? Uh, that's a great question, Thomas. There is no sandbox per se. Uh, I don't think that there's an algorithm that arbitrarily demotes uh, new sites, but new sites are lacking in quality score. Uh, they, don't, they simply don't have, have had the traffic yet to give them a quality score. One. Two, they're lacking in authority. Uh, they simply don't have any link juice yet because no one's linked to them yet. And they're lacking in social proof. They don't have any social signals yet either because ostensibly, if they're new sites, this is a new project, so you don't have any social group going on there. Yeah. So that's three major factors that you're going to need if you want to rank. And that might be what you're seeing holding back new sites. The sandbox is one of those loaded terms where so many people have a different definition of what it might be. 
Yes. Uh, what it is to me, and uh, I, I do believe it's real, and I do believe it's measurable, which is why I believe it's real, is uh, the amount of time it takes a new domain to get credit for its backlinks. Yeah. And so you can go into Google and you can search uh, with the link operator for links to your new website. And while those search results are completely empty, it's my theory that you are not getting credit for your backlinks. And I've seen that take months for your backlinks to appear in there. So I would say while you're not getting credit for your backlinks, you are in the sandbox. And you have to wait to get out of the sandbox to know the full effect of your SEO. You know, that's a really good observation. And I like using the link operator. I hope everyone out there knows what he's talking about. So, you know, the site colon operator in Google or the info colon operator in Google, way back in the day, they also used to have one called the link operator. It's link colon and your domain. And they used to show you the links that are linking to you. It doesn't fully work anymore, but, but that is a good point that Ted makes and that I've really been thinking about lately as well is this whole concept of trust. And of course, we always try to boil it down to actual factors we can scientifically test for or, or test for correlations, uh, either those kinds of scientific uh, mathematical tests. So, but if you would just excuse me for a moment and allow me to talk in, in the abstract about trust for a bit, keeping in mind that, that we would never just go off of that as our SEO theories, we would always try and boil it down to something we can empirically test or, or uh, statistically test. Uh, but there seems to be, a, a site needs to seem to have a certain level of trust before Google will register a lot of the different signals. You can do, you can use uh, POP or you can use Cora to get the POP stands for Page Optimizer Pro, it's Kyle's software, or you can use Cora, which is, is Ted's software, uh, to get the proper on-page factors, the on-page keywords you need to be using to be in the right relevance for your titles, your H1s, your, your paragraph text, your image alts, your named attributes, your ID attributes, your meta description. Uh, those are all the keyword bolds, uh, unordered lists, label tag. Those are all the current on-page factors that I can think off the top of my head, the places you need to stick your keywords. And you need to be just in the right uh, uh, frequency between the, the low and the high as to, to be able to rank there. Maybe a little bit more on high. We're trying to see that over-optimization doesn't seem to exist in some cases, but I'm not going and telling you to do it. Anyway, you use those two pieces of software to, to flesh out a page, to properly do the on-page optimization for it, and it ranks at spot 10 or spot two or spot 12 or spot 20 for like a day or maybe two days, and then it drops all of a sudden. And so like, what, what causes that? What, what, is, what is that behavior there for? And it seems like Google does seem to have a kind of trust filter where, okay, you've got your on-page dialed in. This is where I would have put you. It's like they're almost like giving you a little little wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Okay, I would have stuck you there, but you don't have social. If it's the social, you don't have entity. Your entity is not fully fleshed out enough if it's for that on this topic because it's topic-related, right? Uh, or uh, you don't have the authority to stay there, but I don't think that's the case because authority and and uh, – on-page and off-page semantics seems to be calculated for me at the same time, more or less. So I don't think it's that. I think it's quality. I think that you don't have the quality score. And that's what John Mueller says. John Mueller has been asked this question. And his answer he gives is uh, when a site we don't trust or doesn't have the quality, he uses both adjectives interchangeably over the course of the last year or so. When they put out a new page or when they try to rank for a, a query that we just don't have the quality score for, they don't get to rank there and they get 
pulled down. And so, so if that's the case, the question is, well, how do you get the quality score? Well, we're still trying to do scientific testing on this, but my best guess is right now would be you need to buy some traffic. That's what Gary Elias says you need to do. He's another Google employee. He says a new site should make a new site, then, then go out on social, tell people you're there, and buy, and buy traffic. He would prefer AdWords. He can't say that, of course, but he works for Google. But they prefer AdWords. you got to buy some traffic so they can give you a quality score based on what your traffic does. And then they know how good uh, site ABC is for query ABC when they can make that relationship, or at least how good site ABC is in general based on how how positive the traffic performs there if they're checking for such a thing, which I believe there is some empirical evidence that they do. So I think that's my best guess as to what's going on there right now, but testing is ongoing. Uh, but that is what I've been worrying, wondering about lately as well. So it's, it's very interesting that you're kind of on the same page and thinking about these kind of problems. Uh, okay, so Chica is another one of my mentorship students. If you want to learn about my mentorship group, by the way, go to secretseo.guru. It's not, I'm not the secret SEO. You could be the secret SEO, secretseo.guru. And he says, can you go on a major rant about pillowing links like in the chat we had last night? Uh, it may be good to get your opinion on the matter. Uh, <laughs> okay, I, I don't know if I should go on a rant, but uh, I know me, rant? Who, me? No, never. That never happens. Um <laughs> I can't remember. What is pillowing links again? What, 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 how do you uh, find pillowing links? Uh, pillowing links were the web 2.0s and like um, comment, uh, fate, like social shares, basically stuff to get you uh, your anchor text, your exact match anchor text down so that you don't get an over-optimization penalty from backlinks. Okay. okay. So I have never in my testing ever been able to, to give myself an over-optimization penalty from anchor text. I've done some negative SEO with links now, and yes, it does work. I've found some ways it does work, even though previously I hadn't been able to find that out. That's why you need to stay constant with the show, because SEO advice from two months ago is SEO advice from two months ago. I've now done some new tests, and, and some people have inadvertently done some tests to themselves in my group, and we've analyzed what's happened. We go, oh, look at that. You deranked yourself. Wow, don't buy those kinds of links. You know, Don't acquire those kinds of links. And I don't want to mention on the show what it is because I don't want to start this whole negative SEO thing going on, but but it, it does seem to work that way. So uh, if you join my mentorship group and we could spill all the, the, the experiment secrets to you, of course. But um, uh, so there are ways you can do negative SEO with, with, with linking, but over-optimization on links, as far as I can tell, is not one of them. Over 150,000 links we've done of, of worth of testing so far, and all of them have been perfectly exact match query 100%. And so I don't think that's the problem. That's not what Google is looking for. And I think that helps Google. I think that helps uh, rank brain or what I call tank brain because it more often tanks pages and ranks them. I think that's what tank brain is looking for is that very specific semantic of what you're about. If you want to rank for best red apples, then all your backlink pages say best red apples all over them. Your backlinks say this is the best site for, uh, if you want to go, if you want, if you want red apples, this is the best red apple site or something natural like that. It didn't sound very natural, but it should sound natural. And that should be linking your page. The question there is you have plausible deniability. If that ever filters up to the manual team, can you explain to them why you have those links and make it look perfectly natural? That is the key. So um, I, I think, so I, I think this idea that people need to go pillow links is a completely bullshit idea. I don't think it has the benefit of any, even even maybe level evidence, never mind highly trustable single variable experiment 
confirmed experiments that are recent, it doesn't have the benefit of this experience. And so it doesn't even matter what it is or what they say. All you have to ask them is, okay, in what controlled environment did you test this? Or what, what uh, mathematically significant correlation studies have you run to prove this? And if they don't have any of the, either of those kinds of top level evidence, then ignore them. And then don't even ask what pillowing links means. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. They don't have the evidence to prove it. And we should have the evidence to prove it. So I claim to have the evidence to prove pretty much everything I'm talking about. And I'll tell you when I'm speculating, when I'm not sure about this, I'm still doing tests, I'll tell you. And Ted has that same evidence as well with from Cora, uh, just of a different kind, a correlation kind, which is very, very powerful. You should not ignore it. <laughs> uh, just because, you know, uh, Rand Fishkin doesn't like correlation doesn't mean the rest of the, the scientific world doesn't use it, <laughs> you know, because they do. And Cora will give you that, that advantage. So... So, um, yeah, so so that's my rant, I guess, uh, a little bit of a mini rant on pillowing. I don't see any reason why you need to wash out your 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 anchor text. Then again, I don't think anchor text is all that important either. So, but that's based on my testing of what I've done. Now, uh, should you all go out there and build exact match query links? Maybe, maybe not. How much risk do you want to take in? And the question is, can you explain to the manual team why you have this link and make it look perfectly natural and innocent. If the answer to that is not a 100% resounding yes, then don't do it. And that might include the, the anchor text or it might not. Okay, so Thomas also asked, so keep asking questions in the top right-hand side here, guys. I'll get through these questions of the people in the chat. Uh, Thomas asks, regarding POP, I'm looking at the page right now and he has a score of C. POP will give you a score, um, which is kind of for clients. It's not really for SEOs. Uh, to just kind of show your client, hey, look, we made progress because, you know, you need stuff to tell clients sometimes, right? Uh, so that's kind of just there for that. Um, SEOs kind of know what they're doing or should know what they're doing when they're using the tool. I hope they know what they're doing when they're using the tool. Um, uh, it's asking to increase H1s by 5, H4 by this. It looks a little too much for him. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Is it too much? I don't know. So that's, that's, that's so Thomas, that's a great question for, for, for Kyle with POP. I don't know how his software works uh, precisely. I know that when we follow it, we get boosts usually. I know that when we use Cora, we get boosts. If you're not sure of what POP is telling you, check Cora. And those are two kind of uh, corroborating pieces of evidence that can kind of balance against each other. When it comes down to on-page SEO, you need to be, you need to have keywords in the same tags that they have keywords in of the same variants of their keywords as well, including the main keyword and the match words or, or what POP will call variants. So that's what you need to do. And if uh, you could, the problem is when you start trying to dial it up a little bit by little bit, I've noticed Google sometimes doesn't seem to like those pages or respond to your changes very well. And that might be a piece of evidence that leads to, to Ted's MC4 rant about the MC4 algorithm <laughs> and uh, how Google can watch what SEOs are doing. And if it looks like you're trying to hit this, this algorithm too much, boom, 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 too many on-page changes in a short amount of time, they stop counting it. Now, I'm not sure that's how it works. Ted and I have debates about this, friendly debates about this, but that could be that could be a piece of evidence to show that's going on there. Um, and and then, it, then it goes on to ask, basically, um, what should I work on instead? Well, again, you should always be doing a full audit on your site. You should always have kind of a work list, a running work list of everything you know you worked on, everything you know you should work on everything you know you could work on that might be a factor, and you do the most important stuff first and just work your way forward. 
Okay, so let's go on to the main chat here on the YouTubes and see if I can answer any questions here. Again, keep your questions coming. We are uh, SEO scientists using our SEO science to answer your SEO questions, and hopefully we can uh, give you some good, uh, some good feedback today, some good uh, advice based on those high, that highly trustable uh, uh, knowledge based on evidence and not just based on random things we think out of our butt. Um, MP3 Jams TV asks, hello, Josh. My site unexpectedly fall from 3,000 views a day to a few hundred. What can be the cause? Um, well, <laughs> that's kind of a general question. Uh, there are about a million different things that could be the cause of that. Um, uh, one, we're talking about rankings. Let's, let's assume we're talking about rankings because you didn't specify whether we're talking about rankings or not. So let's assume you mean that your rankings fell. Okay. Um, because different things can happen. Sometimes your impressions can go down, but your rankings didn't seem to fall. That is a different problem, and that speaks to a different thing than, say, uh, your rankings fell and your impressions fell because your rankings fell. So let's assume you're talking about that. Then at that point, what you need to do is you need to go and do a full SEO audit. You can run a piece of software like Cora to see what Cora says your, the changes are, or you can get an, an SEO scientist like myself to do an audit or someone like me who's at the same level using the same level of trustable evidence to go and check to see all the different things you need to do and the reason why your, uh, your site fell. Did it fall on one of these recent dates that uh, there's, there's, a, there's a major update? Um, uh, that's that sometimes can give you a bit of information about what you might need to know in terms to go to fix it. Uh, also, um, you need to check a whole host of technical things. You need to check a whole host of, of on-page things. You need to check a whole host of uh, site-based things. You need to check a whole host of off-page things, uh, including social and links. And you need to check a whole a bunch of uh, user-based things, uh, user clicks, conversion rate optimization, things like that, to say, oh, here's where all the problems are, and then, all, uh, and then what you need to do to fix it. So um, I would need way more information to be able to answer that question, my friend. Uh, but uh, information would be the key. The evidence would be the key. Power B Limited asks, what is the cheapest way of having verified reviews as some companies seem to charge exorbitant prices? Um, the best way to get good reviews, as I'm sure uh, Ted has just said right here, ask happy customers to leave a review. <laughs> yes, you should be getting reviews from local people with a Google account to be giving positive reviews, try to incentivize your own customers to leave reviews. Um, I, I, buying reviews can be done, but it's it gets difficult, and I've definitely seen some uh, websites run into trouble doing that. Uh, so um, if you join the group, I have uh, Jordan Pierce, who's probably the top level local SEO guy on the planet, or one of them anyway, and he could answer some of those questions as well. Uh, and so by all means, uh, that that's open to you, but um, yeah, um, Ted's suggestion there is the best one. Have your happy customers, have your friends and family, everyone living in town, living in the area you service, giving you the uh, the um, the reviews. Do not go on to Fiverr. Do not go on to Craigslist of like the Philippines and get people in the Philippines to leave your reviews. Absolutely nothing against the people from the Philippines. I love the people from the Philippines. I also live. I love Filipino martial arts too. But, but unless you operate in the Philippines, you don't want reviews from the Philippines because I've seen people get in trouble for stuff like that. Okay, we have another question. 
from a name I won't even try to pronounce and, and insult this poor person. <laughs> uh, Vitautis, I think. I'm not even sure. It looks Greek, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, hey, my question. My client's LP has three times more code lines than competition. Speed is better. Numbers of speed is better. Um, yeah, um, it depends on the server and the, and the resources. If your server is great, it can send more resources. If your server is bad, it can send less resources. And then it depends on your clients as well, how fast are their computers and how fast can they process those resources. So there's a number of ways of getting time, uh, your, 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 your time faster. It is a major ranking factor. I have seen uh, major increases for improving your speed. If you want the single, if you want my single quickie suggestion as to how to improve your rankings, speed. Improve your speed. You can't go wrong improving speed. It is now a direct ranking factor. And so the what speed you need to improve, the time you need to do a bunch of other stuff other than that. But if you just want one, if you just want one arbitrary thing from me, that's the arbitrary thing I would say. Speed and user experience, uh, user user uh, user experience, and on page, and then I, then I get into a big huge slippery slope of everything else. But so um, the the stuff in speed you need to fix is one time to first byte. You need to get that time to first byte down. Check to see use webpagetest.org, webpagetest.org. And check to see what's holding up your time to first byte. Is it the SSL certificate? Is it the DNS check? Make those two things faster. Make sure it's under a second for mobile. Uh, that's my just general rule of thumb. Make that faster, as much faster as you can. Then the time between time to first byte and first paint. The, that one to three seconds there, that needs to get down as quickly as possible so that people get, boom, they get the page as fast as possible in their face so they can start using it. So reduce JavaScript. Uh, almost all the time, I see sites have too much JavaScript. They have uh, they have wasteful JavaScript. They have wasteful CSS that the designer just copied from another uh, project, and it just copied again and again and again through projects, and it's all, it's all wasteful. So reduce that, remove that. Don't use Google Fonts. Use system fonts. There's plenty of system fonts you can use now. Use a font that is common uh, for for uh, everybody, Macs and and you know all the Apple products, all the Windows products. And uh, like I know Helvetica is boring. I know I know whatever that that stuff's boring. Try and see if you can use that because it'll be easier. It'll be better, and it'll load much faster. Uh, those are kind of the suggestions there. Uh, really, when it comes down to it. Oh, and then then use webpagetest.org and it'll tell you how to how to speed everything else up. Uh, uh, Travis asked this question, and uh, Ted, I love it if you answered this on air actually because this would be good. Uh, he says, can anything be said to leadership and coworkers who don't believe in the value of Cora? I see the value. I promote the value. But no one buys what I'm selling. Ted, can you talk about that uh, on air? I think that would be a valuable thing for everyone to hear. Yeah. You know, the, the important thing to know about Cora is that it's an SEO measurement tool. So it is the tape measure for our industry. So if you are hiring a general contractor, would you say, I'll hire you, but I don't want you using tape measures? <laughs> you know, would, would you hire a doctor that says, I don't want, uh, I'll hire you as a doctor, but I never want to get blood work done. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't do fMRIs, forget it. <laughs> so, so why would you hire a marketer and like not allow marketing measurements? So the, the thing, I, don't say that to them, you're just going to piss them off. But that's, that's you know, kind of how I see the problem. And the way we get around that problem 
is we show them. We set up a demonstration. We pick examples that are relevant uh, to your coworkers so they understand it. And we do a demo for them. We arrange a meeting and we just walk them through and show why this is useful. But really, at the end of the day, it's a measurement tool, and we're explaining why you need measurements to be successful. And and just show them, just show them this, just show them this chart here. Let me find it. Uh, uh, or this one. You could use this one, or 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 this one here. Just show them a screen like this. Let me share my screen. And say this is why you need Cora. This is why someone on your team has to have Cora, because otherwise you will never know. Look at this one right here. Now, I'm not saying this is a ranking factor. I have yet to do a conclusive test on it. But when, when Cora says this factor here is up 133 points, keywords and label tags, how would you ever in a million years guess that this is possibly a ranking factor, even to test it, unless you have someone on your team running Cora? It is impossible to know. Or look at this other one here. Um, this one is something that's be coming out in core four, I believe. Uh, Ted, correct me if I'm wrong. And this one here shows you out of all of your reports, everything that's correlating. And how are you gonna get this kind of broad, no one does correlation studies anymore. Moz is not doing them. Search metrics and mock is Toba. They're not doing them anymore either. And and those those are like the the extra things in Cora. Those aren't even the primary. Should I share my screen and show a couple of the things in Cora four that are primary? Sure. You might scare the hell out of everybody, but go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. I think people will leave if it. If your up. SEO tool doesn't scare you a little bit, then it's not a good SEO tool. <laughs> All right. Are you seeing my screen? Yeah, I'll give you focus. Okay. So here, let me zoom this a little bit. So stand a chance of reading some of it. There we go. Um, bigger. There we uh, go. That's what, we, what we have here is the basic on-page tuning. So this one page gets a 67, which is a D, uh, but it's broken up by uh, categories of, of areas you can tune. So we've got the basic zones of the page, like the size, how much content, meta tags, uh, they're doing great on their page title. You know, a B is really good. Mm -hmm. Most websites, when I measure them, they're like Fs and Ds across the board. So this, uh, this, website, this tool is making me drool. <laughs> this is. Yeah. Um, he needs. I'm, I'm literally getting excited in in a romantic way over this over this this page right now. Yeah, yeah, and this the the SEO that I made this report for, you know, prided himself on headings, and the stuff that he has is good, but there's the stuff that wasn't top of mind that he's missing, and turns out he's not doing great. And by measuring, that comes top of mind. So he could apply his excellent, you know, tuning of headings to the areas he was missing. Um, you know, navigation, uh, your overall content tuning, content formatting, images and videos. And these are just the basic ones. So you have to do well with these basic zones to even be in the game. And then once you're in the game and competing, then we go to the roadmap and the overview where we look at the correlations on the things that appear to matter most. And, and uh, four, there's this top words report, 
which I find magical. Uh, yeah. These are match words here. These are the top 30 terms from each of the top 100 results. And I highlight the match words that appear within the top 30. And look at how they congregate at the top here, and then they start spreading out. The further away from number yeah, one. Yeah, and they get more and more chaotic uh, as you go out. Right. And so what you know what we're learning is that your keyword usage specifically your target keyword usage is very important if you want to rank well and i know lots of people say you know i rank for 50 terms yeah your page ranks for 50 terms out here on page two and page three <laughs> but there's probably only one or two terms that you're up here you know doing this well and you have to have focus on the right terms in order to do that and we see this type of divergence uh, in a lot of different keywords. And another thing that we're doing in Cora 4 is we're looking very closely at keyword density. And let me make this a lot bigger. And this is the Wild West here in, in terms of like looking at this data with, you know, such uh a microscope but what we have here is the keyword density from the html overall and this yellow one here is violating over optimization rules it's greater than two standard deviations beyond the page one mean mm -hmm. which is what single variable testing found and there they are number one violating it and they had 243 uh, of their variant keywords on that page. I mean, that's pretty, that's a pretty big number. And uh, here's a website that had Seattle listed 400 times. And uh, let's look, and, you know, we can look at specific exact keywords. So we're, we're looking closer. We don't have all the answers, but we have the data and we're measuring the data and we're learning new things. Now um, look, look down there on page two, there's Yelp and they have 596 matches. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if, you know, if 596 is okay, but if you use it 600 times, you know, look out. <laughs> yeah. But it's Yelp, right? Rule. I mean, it's not like they don't have the the the, uh, the 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 link juice to rank on that page. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you know, Cora Cora is a measurement tool, and all the factors we measure, we plot, so you can see the correlations. So we we plot everything. You get all the charts. You get all the measurement data. So if I if I select this, we hide stuff to to make it digestible, but you can unhide everything and see every factor for every website. And now I have to zoom out so that you can see that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so you can do this all manually if you like. <laughs> but. Yes. So when Cora runs a report, you enter in a keyword and a domain name, and you get this customized data for your web page that's ranking for that keyword. And Cora is making about 75,000 measurements to be able to give you these recommendations. And there's no magic in it. There is absolutely zero magic in Cora. It is literally a tape measure. 
and it will tell you how much of each factor you have, how much of the factors uh, your higher ranking competitors have, and a power of subtraction to tell you how much more of each factor you need. But there is there is no magic here. It is pure measurement data and the power of subtraction. I, I have to disagree, Ted. I think there's a lot of magic there. The magic is in the mundane, right? The magic is in the mundane that uh, people are just um, uh, not open-minded enough to see. And so uh, so for, for the, the person who asked the question, how do I convince my boss that I, I need Cora? I mean, any of those screens, we just just play him this part of it or, or of my video or any of those screens uh, that, that, that Ted just showed there. Uh, if you want to try Cora out, uh, the link is is in the is in the uh, is in the comments on the YouTube uh, bitly slash get dash Cora. Again, that's bitly slash get dash Cora. For those of you who have not tried Cora out, someone on your team needs Cora. It is the de facto standard SEO tool. If you do not have it, there's so much you cannot do, you cannot say, and you are handcuffing yourself. That's just the way it is. Yeah. All right, Baxter asks. Do we have any good, so I'm, again, we're doing an SEO q and I want to answer all your SEO questions using scientific uh, methods and tests and all of our highly trustable evidence. Uh, that's how you know you can trust us, because of the evidence, not because we say you can trust us, because look at the evidence we're doing and how we, how we accrued it. This is the best way to accrue evidence. Therefore, listen to us. That's what we're saying. Uh, or listen to anybody who has accrued evidence in the same way. And there's not a lot of the people like that online. Pretty much, we're the only show, the main show on YouTube that I know of, anyway. And I pretty much know them all. So um, we're answering SEO questions from that standpoint today, from that uh, empirical evidence today. Uh, uh, so ask us in the top right-hand side on YouTube. Uh, and now, let's see. Baxter asks, have any good scientific tips for people who run PBNs? Um, yeah, I've done a lot of testing on links. And um, one man's PBNs are another man's blogs. And one, one person's PBNs are another person's expired domains that they resurrected like a business like like grandma's cookies and they're putting links on the index page and uh we've also our sister group kyle uh who is a good friend of the show he tested uh, in his group uh pbn links and he, he resurrected five different domains and the links boosted uh no, six six different domains and the links boosted five times out of six and the sixth time it demoted so so if you use that test as your guide, which again is just one little test, uh, but if you use that test as your guide, uh, PBN links will help you 80% of the time and they'll hurt you 20% of the time. So again, I've done over 150,000 links worth of testing so far of various different kinds of tests. PBNs are fine per se. It's just, I don't like the time it takes. I don't like the money it takes. I don't like the effort it takes, and I don't like the fact that there's an only an 80% chance it's going to be beneficial. Um, and so, quite frankly, I prefer to acquire. He's using scare quotes, people, for the podcast. Acquire. I like to acquire my links on real blogs that have real readership, because those have better denial, uh, plausible deniability. Either, anyway, they have better plausible deniability. Anyway, when if it ever bubbles up to the manual team, I can say, hey, look it. I didn't make those links. This author is a real author on a real blog, wrote about this and thought we were great. That's the way it is. Um, you've got to be able to argue that. If you can't, you know, if you've got Grandma Joe's 
a business that was expired and then bought and then is owned by you and or even you know whatever it's bought and then suddenly they're linking out to a chiropractic site that looks awfully fishy i don't think you can explain that to the manual team okay leslie asks on here you're talking about other youtubers about seo what do you think about brian dean and seo that works i think um uh, they are full of crap perfectly frankly i've listened to a little bit of what they talk about i've checked them out a little bit and they do not use these highly trustable scientific methods to gain their knowledge. They're not peer reviewing our tests and all their, uh, they don't show us their tests if they're doing any, they're not. And because we gladly peer review them and see if it worked that way ourselves. That's how science works, folks. One group of scientists say, hey, we've found the Higgs boson. This group of scientists say, bullshit you have, send us your experiment and we'll repeat it and we'll see if you have. And then they go, oh shit, you have, woo -hoo! And that's how science works, right? Repeat that about a thousand times. And then they say, I think we've proven this, you know. So I, I admit, we're only one group and there's another sister group and we're doing tests. We're trying to all prove each other's tests. Ted is testing our stuff. We're testing Ted's stuff, all in the spirit of friendship and science and learning more. And we are. That's how it works. Um, but when these guys out there are just saying, trust me, I, I have a bald head and I know what I'm talking about, you know, that, that's, 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 a, that's a SEO charlatan. That's, that's Donald Trump. Sorry. That's a used car salesman. That's somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. Oh, Ted's not going to like I'm in Trump. He's getting pissed but, off. No, no, not, not all bald heads are charlatans. <laughs> that's true. I, I should apologize. I should apologize to two men here, Marco and Chris. I should apologize to these sexy bald guys we got here who are sporting the sexy bald heads going on. Uh, no, of course not. I didn't mean, <laughs> I didn't mean to say all, I mean, Patrick Stewart is my favorite uh, Star Trek captain, so clearly I have to be into bald men. But, but no, I, it's it's their it's their methods, right? It's it's not their. <laughs> Chris says apology accepted. Okay, good. It, it's it's not them. It's not their personalities. It's their methods and the fact that they just don't get it. That the type of epistemological proof they have, the level of knowledge they're able to acquire by in the wild testing and listening to Google and listening to other SEOs is the kind of evidence that's equivalent to someone saying, when we do a rain dance, it's going to rain next week. That's the level of evidence they have, which is not evidence at all. And so, so sorry, I, I think they're full of crap. And you know what? All these guys, they get angry at me. They come on the show. They, they badmouth me in their groups. All they have to freaking do is do a couple tests and say, yeah, we do that too. And then I have nothing left to say other than bullshit show me your evidence, but but that's the next step of the argument. To get past that attack of mine, which I am right, by the way, to get past that attack of mine, all they have to do is run a couple freaking tests. That's all they need to do, right? All they need to do is buy Cora, and so look, or, or, run, or make their own, which would be impossible because Ted's a genius. Some have tried, some have literally copied, I won't mention who, but one of these charlatans actually copied Ted's software or what it looked like and made a bullshit equivalent and then tried to sell that to his, his group. I won't mention any names of who, what numbnut that was, but, but he did. Uh, uh, so anyway, sorry. Now I, I digress. <laughs> I, I'm getting a little off topic. But they just don't do the experiments. They just, and all they have to do is do some experiments and run Quora, and then they're starting to talk our language. And then, and then I can say, okay, well, show me your experiment, and I can try to reprove it. And if... Lo and behold, they actually found something in an actual test, and I can confirm that. Then we have actually have knowledge, and we can service the customer better with honesty and integrity and some level of professionalism, as opposed to all this bullshit where we're like, oh, yeah, I know from my secret 
mind meld with Matt Cutts what the freaking algorithms are. That's not how it works, right? I don't care how many conversations you've had with him. That's one piece of evidence, but it's in the, in the tiers of evidence from complete shit to holy crap, very trustable knowledge. That's like here, okay? So it's better than here, but it's like here. We go here. We're up here right now. So until you get to this level, shut up, leave me alone. Okay. Uh, let's see what other questions there are. Uh, does Google actually penalize for over-optimization or is this just an SEO myth? Chris, uh, no, uh, but you have to be careful on your semantics. Uh, in, the, in the industry, when we're talking about a penalty, we're talking about a manual action from Google where the manual team, you've bubbled up to someone in the manual team and they've decided to give you a manual penalty. If you mean a demotion, an algorithmic demotion, where their algorithms just randomly decide, hey, I don't like this, and they punch it down, that's called a demotion. So I'll answer both questions. Yes, you can bubble up to the manual team for some, from overly optimizing some stuff and get a penalty. And yes, you can bubble up to an algorithm and be demoted for over-optimizing some different things. So yes, it's a very real thing on both, on both fronts. Ted, I see you want to say something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, found one. Uh, uh, well, I didn't find it. A client of mine found it. Uh, but I found it interesting. Uh, getting an emoji checkmark to work in a uh, meta description in the Google SERPs. So we found a way to get it to work. But we hit one of those algorithmic demotions that mm -hmm. removed the page completely. Mm -hmm. And the fascinating thing was when we undid uh, the exploit and did a fetch and render, we got the page back in the search results globally within minutes. <laughs> and so I didn't, I didn't know that Google had such real time in some cases. That's one of the first examples of a real time filter that you could something on your page so get change it on your page resubmit it to google get re-ranked within you know the course of five minutes yeah thank goodness it was an algorithmic demotion because if it was a manual penalty you'd have to talk with them for a bit it would have taken a couple days at least to get that fixed yeah yeah but that's that's uh, what's great about like a lot of this french testing i was talking to, to someone the other day saying that SEO testers are awesome and we should survey them because they've done an awful lot of fringe and sketchy stuff. Yes. Because that's have. what testers do. Yes. You know, we're, we're like, how does that work? What'll happen if this happens? You know, we push those boundaries. And that changes every few months. So you got to keep doing the testing. You got to get with a group that does constant current testing because I tested uh, meta keywords. I'm going to do a public service announcement for everybody, by the way. We've discovered two things recently in our group that I think are, are I mentioned before, and so I'll mention it again, just to make sure that the free listeners are getting some information and they're kind of on a certain level. If you want more information, you have to join the group. Uh, sorry, it's just the way it is. It takes time and money to do this testing. I got to monetize it somehow. But we've did two tests recently that, that did come out. One, we found that Ted was right and Ted was, was maybe not so right. What Ted was right was, is he told me, Josh, I'm telling you, Cora is showing correlations for meta description, keyword meta description. It's got to be a ranking factor. I'm like, no, no, it's not, Ted. No, you're wrong, blah, 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 blah. And then I tested it, and Ted was right. We tested keyword and meta description, and it boosted two times. We repeated the test twice. So right now, that's a ranking factor, folks. You should definitely have your keyword in the meta description. 
It'll give you a boost. It's one of those uh, one of those keyword spots. The other one we tested, which I've tested previously. Two different groups have tested this previously because it's so easy to test. And it wasn't a demoting ranking factor. Was keywords, meta keywords. Your keywords and the meta keywords. Um, it was a demoting ranking factor. We've tested this twice now as well. We stuck the keyword in there once. We stuck the keyword in there ten times. Both pages fell the same amount. So delete your meta keywords. One. Two, add your keyword to meta description. And that's the kind of stuff you can only find out through Quora, a combination of Quora and testing. OK. Uh, Sammy asks, hi, Sammy. SEO benefits engagement versus text length. Any different? Any difference people reading a series of short blog posts of 500 words versus one big one of 2,000 words, one visitor spending five minutes on site? So that's a great question. And so. There's, 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 a, there's a sad fact, and then there's the, the human reality. The sad fact is that Tank Brain, their brilliant artificial intelligence, or the cluster of algorithms that, that I call Tank Brain, it's a cluster, of, it's a bunch of algorithms, actually, that decides what to rank for what. Usually, it's uh, a page to rank for best red apples, let's say. Um, if everybody else on that SERP has wrote, wrote and written around 2,000 words for it, then you got our testing shows you got to be around 2,000 words for it as well. And you have to have the same kind of keywords in the same kind of places and maybe even be a little bit more to get just a bit of that edge, but not too far to get the over-optimization. Although we're finding you can be quite far in main content. I don't think you should stuff your keyword in the H1 like seven times or in the title seven times, but you could definitely have a bunch more keywords in the text. The, so that's for tank brain. The problem with that, though, is that when a human being goes to read it, with the giant cook bottle glasses like that, they might get really bored. <laughs> or it's like, oh, this is terrible, terrible text. So you have to balance both, because then your CRO is going to suffer, your user clicks are going to suffer, and your quality score is going to suffer from that, because quality score is nothing but user clicks. So you need to give them, give both Tank Brain what it wants on that page and users what they want on that page. And you have to mold them together, like see, like this, and like, like a weird alien having sex, like just like that. That's like weird alien genitals. Maybe, maybe forget forget that. That's not a good metaphor, maybe, perhaps. But you need to have the what Tank Brain wants and what, what human beings want. And you, you can't damage your CRO by trying to do on-page SEO and, and, and vice versa. Um, everyone, <laughs> go put in the comments, alien genitals. Um, OK, so here, here, is, here is who I'm calling Sibs. Uh, but I, used to, I, I called them. Prezemic, <laughs> and he's, he made fun of me trying to pronounce his name. Prezemic, or I'm going to call Sibs now. He's also uh, one of my students in the mentorship group. He says, what has a bigger impact on ranking? Single Facebook backlink with a lot of likes, shares, and comments, or a lot of backlinks from various accounts, but without any other activity? OK. <laughs> OK. That, all right. So I love it when my students ask me these questions. Explain to me down to the nth degree of decimal point power, how much is a backlink that they clicked on a Wednesday versus a social share that they got on a Friday with uh, from, from someone who drinks lattes? Like, <laughs> I don't know. We've, I've never tested social signals, various backlink power. Um, I think Kyle might have tested it. But at the end of the day, when I'm doing the testing, I'm just looking to see what pushes the needle forward. And I'm just saying, OK, all this stuff pushes the needle forward in this group here. Just go do all that. I don't know how much it's going to do it because that's going to be relative to your competition. That's going to be relative to some other factors. That's really hard to get down in testing. But both social signals and backlinks, surprise, surprise, are ranking factors that promote you. 
especially if you do them right. It's easier to do social right. That's not true at all. It's very easy to do social wrong. So there's ways to do both right and ways to do both wrong. It would take too long to explain here. You have to come into the group, and I'll, I'll try to explain. Maybe a course. Oh, by the way, next week, uh, thank you for reminding me, Sammy, or, or Sibs, or whoever, Josh, Josh Brain. Thank you, Josh Brain, for reminding me, Josh Brain. Next week is my course, actually, for the mentorship group. So there's no White Hat versus Black Hat show next week. Next week, on the fourth Thursday of every month, I do a course for my mentorship group. That's next week. So it's, that's the Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. So if you want to, I don't know why you'd want to hear me ramble on every week. There's probably something a little wrong with you if you like hearing me ramble on. <laughs> Maybe, no, you're, you're wonderful. You're fantastic. But if you want to hear me ramble on next week, you're going to have to sign on to my mentorship group. And, and, and then you can get the course, and which I will go into much more detail from all these questions. And I have a little presentation and stuff going on. That's next week. So next week, there's no, no free show. Next week is the paid course. If you want to, if you're, you're perfectly welcome to, to join us on the course, but you have to be a membership, uh, a member in my mentorship group. And then the week after that, the, the course, the, the free show will resume. So the free show will be uh, 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 the first three weeks. The fourth week will be the, the, um, the, the paid course. And that's generally how we'll go. And they're all at Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific. So I hope I answered that question. Yeah, so, 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 <laughs> so I, you know, whether a Facebook backlink with 10 shares is as powerful as a, a medium backlink with, with, with two clicks, that, <laughs> dude, <laughs> that, that is even too powerful. That's even too hard to test for our, our single variable testing. All I know is that they're both ranking factors. Go do them. Okay. Um, uh, Baxter says, why don't SEO agencies start their own affiliate sites? Many do. Many do start their own affiliate sites. Uh, and many do it successfully. I've run many successful affiliate sites over the years. Here's the problem. It is a full-time job running affiliate sites. It is not as easy as everybody says. Yes, you ostensibly get a website ranking, and then it makes money for you as you sit there playing Xbox. And theoretically, that's how it works, but in actuality, that's not how it works. You have to have five or 10 sites running at any given time. You have to have your nose to the ground and your ear to Skype every day, eight hours a day, listening for the new, um, the new products that are coming out, listening for the new offers that are coming out, and knowing the, knowing the affiliate companies, know who pays out, know who doesn't pay out, know who's going to suddenly destroy, uh, uh, reduce your commissions and not going to give you your commissions anymore. That's what happened to my affiliate site. I had one that was very uh, popular, ranking number one for years in a skin cream market. And I was making so much money hand over fist, it was making 30 or 40 grand a month. That's great. Don't get me wrong. That was fantastic. And I was playing Xbox and sitting on my laurels. But that was a mistake because Google didn't find that site, not at that time. Uh, this is years ago now. But the affiliate company decided, why are we paying this guy all this affiliate commission? And he's competing with us. He's beating us on, on the search results that we want to rank for. So they just stopped paying my commission. So that can happen, guys. So trust me, I've worked very closely with affiliate companies for years. It's a full-time job. It's not so, what, why don't they just make a website? It's not that easy, dude. You have to have five sites going at once. You have to have all your ears to the ground. You have to spend your full day. You have to go to every affiliate conference in Vegas and every affiliate conference and wherever. You have to go to the titty bars with these guys and, and drink beer and be like, yeah, yeah, sure. What's the new offer? Tell me. you got to hobnob with these guys. It is not, it's not just a simple job, right? 
And if you're like, well, why don't you just become an Amazon affiliate? Because the commissions are shit. The commissions suck, and everyone else in their 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 uh, their monkey has already decided to go do that. So you need to always be doing competition research to see where there's not room to for you even go, where the good commissions are, who pays out, um, and you have to have five sites going at once. So when Google or affiliate company or a competitor negative SEOs those sites, you only have two left, and now you're not making that much money anymore. And Dr. Oz isn't talking about that stupid Asiberry anymore, and so now all the searches for that go down. That niche is dead. Now those sites are not making any money anymore. And now you have to have your other five sites who are always in the wings going to make money for you. Trust me. Um, both Ted and I uh, know a guy. Uh, his name is Jeff Lenny. He's a major affiliate guy. He works on this 10 hours a day. 10 hours a day, right? Uh, and he is not, uh, and it, he's got his sleeves rolled up. He's writing the content himself. He's working off the sweat of his brow. It is not easy. It is not, it's not simple and it's not just like, oh, fire off a site, takes a week and then you'll make 10 grand next month. It doesn't work that way. Plus all the big niches to rank in that make the most money, cost the most money to rank there, right? You're gonna spending tens of thousand dollars or $5,000, whatever it is, trying to rank for this new thing. And everyone on their dog is jumping onto the cryptocurrency thing or the pot thing or the CBD thing. Everybody has already jumped all over that. It's, it's saturated 10 minutes after that they, they invent the niche. So you got to be the first guy to hear about it, right? You got to be, you got to be working eight hours a day, friends with all these these jerks, who who you know, no no offense to affiliate uh, guys who are in affiliate markets, but it tends to be a certain kind of Las Vegas, hey, let's go to the titty bar and drink beer kind of guy, right? So if you're not into that kind of scene, if you are into that scene, maybe you want to go to these conferences. There's there's a lot of boobs in your face and beer. If you like that, by all means, go do that. But you got to be friends with these guys for years before you start getting the secret little tip, the little, little wink and nudge, and little wink, wink. Oh yeah, this product's coming, and then you could be there to get make enough money on it for two years before you got to be on the next one. So it's not that easy, <laughs> you know. So I, I get a little annoyed when people are like, "Well, if you're such a good SEO, why aren't you making a hundred thousand dollars on affiliate stuff a month?" Who says I'm not? Who says I haven't been? But. Don't think it's super easy. It's a full-time job in and of itself. And trust me, it's a full-time job asking these people's, answering these people's questions and doing the testing. I, I only got one of me. Okay. Um, let's see what else other kind of questions we got here. Oh, geez, we got so many questions. I'm gonna try to answer as many as I can here. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm really scrolling a lot. Okay. Um, uh, do 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 message questions for me. Uh, Drew, I don't answer, I don't understand your question. It's a pop or core question. Ask Ted or Kyle directly. Um, okay, so Sibs also asks, should I drip feed my backlinks? Was it tested if a lot of backlinks created in a short time can cause a ranking drop? No. We tested this. We pointed uh, 140,000 links at a page day one, boom, and went. And people ask John Mueller, do I have to care about the frequency of my backlinks? And he says, no, it's perfectly natural for a new company to come out and they, they, they do their big promotion and suddenly there's 10,000 blog pieces about them because they're all the news and they get 10,000 links in a week. I've done this in White Hat as well. I had my infamous conversation with Matt Cutts. I put it on my blog about why I thought he was unethical and he was the black hat and he was full, uh, his, his morals were full of shit in that regard. And I got 1,500 links in, in a day. So that's not, that's not a factor. And anyone who says it is, I ask you, what evidence did they give you for you to think that it was? So um, nothing against you, my friend, <laughs> but, uh, or any of my mentorship students. 
But um, yeah, so I mean, one, they never gave you any evidence for you to think it was. Two, no, we've tested it, and, and no, it's not a factor. Three, I have Google evidence to suggest that it's not a factor uh, that you need to worry about either. Um, Keith asks, have click-through rates decreased on organic results since Google moved AdWords to the first four spots? Yes, I bet you they have. <laughs> any good updated stats on click-through rates through your site position? Uh, no, Keith, I haven't seen any. Ted, have you seen any in that regard? Have you seen any good uh, stats lately about uh, AdWord clicks versus organic clicks? Well, uh, I haven't, but you know the the key takeaway there is Google's competing with us. You know they want the search traffic to click on the paid ads instead of the web, so they're just another competitor. That's how I view. Yeah. Quite frankly, uh, Google's not your friend. Newsflash, <laughs> Google's not your friend. But no, I, I imagine, Keith, if, if someone actually had some accurate stats in that regard, it wouldn't look good for organic. Yeah, and, and you know what? You know what Google snuck in uh, two to three years ago and nobody noticed? Like what? nobody even had an article about it. Oh, geez. They stole, they stole 10% of the app and nobody even complained or noticed. Was, I don't know. If, I don't know about everybody else, but you broke up just perfectly when you said that sentence. So it's a complete secret, <laughs> and now everyone's like, "What did you say? What did you say? Don't don't even tell us. Just just make people wonder." No, no. It it was when Google switched uh, for any keywords with high search volume. They switched from ten organic results to nine. Oh yes. And that changed the ratio of uh, paid ads to organic web results in Google's favor for paid ads. And yeah. nobody even noticed. You, you lost 10% of that traffic opportunity across the board. All your number 10 uh, rankings just went away, became page two. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and of course, statistically, not a lot of people click on page two. Some people do. But not a lot of people click on page two, so trust me, I have I have plenty of of sites ranking spot eleven or so, just ready to get that boost, and uh, the traffic there isn't fantastic. There's some clicks, but it's not fantastic. Um, okay, Joel. Oh, so Sammy asks, don't use Google Fonts better SEO? Um, yeah, it's better for speed. If you don't use Google Fonts, it is better for speed. You should make all of your web pages like. Somebody in 1994 is going to try to uh, access it. That's how small and compressed and that's how small and streamlined your design needs to be, right? So that's definitely how you want to do it. Joel asked, I'm trying to get through these questions. Joel says, question. <laughs> Thank you, Joel. <laughs> You've seen these big Coke bottle glasses. And you know how much I need that help. Question, exclamation mark. I want to purchase an age domain. Does it have to be related to the industry that I was? I want to SEO in? Or can I use an age domain just for the aged factor for rankings? Um, yes, uh, yes, Joel. You are not going to get the best results unless it is in the niche you want to be in. Um, and you don't know what uh, previous factors that uh, site had, including penalties. And, and as soon as Google sees the change, they do have algorithms out there to cut off any previous signals and give you new signals. So no, uh, and, and if this age domain costs any more than $5, then no, you should not be buying it. There's all kind of dot gurus and dot reviews and dot ninjas and dot dot best kind of sites you can get now. You can get a lot of different 
uh, there's still idiots out there trying to sell like redapples.com for 50 grand when I can get redapples.guru for five bucks. So, so no, I would always start new, start fresh. So I know what I did. I know what I got there. And yes, the domain name should be partial match related to your, to your niche, what you want to rank in for sure. Intersoil, Interossil, uh, who is a good friend of the show as well, asks, hi, I'm George. Hi, George. I know. More than one picture is better than only one. Does duplicate content apply also to already shared pictures? Um, if you're trying to rank for, for um, uh, uh, image search, yes. But I don't think there is any good data on whether a duplicate page on your content page is going to hurt for, for rankings. I don't think so. There's a lot of people using the same stock photos. And so I don't think that's the case. Ted, do you have any data on this, any real data? Uh, on the image thing, uh, I like I like to point out a related example. Um, I, I was recently looking at uh, correlations with videos and blog posts and on product pages, and I kept finding these correlations. And I was like, "Where where is this coming from? Why does this work?" And uh, so what I found was a blog post that was uh, the 50 best red apples for 2018. And they had a video that went over 10 really good red apples. And the video was related, but it wasn't about what the article was about. And where that comes from is uh, news. When you go to CNN and you go to a news article, they'll oftentimes have a video that's related, but isn't necessarily about what the article is about. And so they have this pattern where they have, you know, a hundred videos and a thousand articles. They'll reuse the same related video for all the applicable articles. And so when you have images and, uh, you know, podcast audio recordings and videos, you ought to be doing what those news companies are doing and what those very successful publishers are doing. Reuse those digital assets on any related page you can where it's appropriate. Uh, Power B says uh, or asks, when I said the August update turned back the clock to 2001, what did I mean by that? Uh, what I meant by that is they're looking for keywords now. They're completely looking for keywords. Um, they, uh, uh, keywords are another huge ranking factor. You notice John Mueller stopped saying uh, a few, like four or five months ago that keywords don't matter because they do. Uh, Core is seeing it. Our single variable tests are seeing it all over the place. So that's what I mean by they dialed it back to 2001. Uh, it's uh, uh, keywords, keywords, keywords. Uh, more questions for me. Deidre asks, does a Facebook following help your domain rank better? Yes. Yes, our scientific testing shows that it does. Uh, but you have to have a – and, and Cora correlates with this as well. You also – but you have to have a reciprocal link between your index page and the Facebook page. And in the website field for your Facebook page, you have to have your, your, uh, your, your root domain for your site. That has to be reciprocal there. And also, uh, we see that Facebook shares and nofollow links in that regard do seem to help. They do seem to push the needle. Uh, the more organic your Facebook following, probably the better. Mike Calvin asks, is it better to have one 6,000-word article, a 3,000-word article, or three 1,000-word articles? Blah, 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 blah. Mike, it completely depends on what Cora and Pop tell you to do. 
Quorum pop will tell you the length of the, the page you need to have to be in variance and the number of keywords in, in the right spots, the number of variants in the right spots you need to have. Can so, I can I rephrase that a little bit? It's it's not really what Cora tells you to do. It's mm -hmm. what your competitors in that term are doing. So Cora is going to measure your competitors and tell you how to be competitive with what they're doing. Yep. So it's really just stack ranking you and your competitors based on the algorithms uh, factors. And so you have to measure those to find out how you're different and you have to fix your deficits to compete. Yes, I see what you're saying there. I see the rhetorical reason why you wanted to phrase it that way. I fully understand, yes. Um, Amit Singh says, is anyone coming to SEO conference in Brighton next week? I will buy you a drink for always sharing useful information. Anyone can buy me a drink, or, or actually, I don't. I don't drink alcohol, so you can buy me a Coke, or you can you can get me a, a, a I don't know, buy me a onion rings or something. I don't know, but but or you can just say hi and be nice. You don't have to buy me anything. But but no, sadly, I'm not going to Brighton next week. The only conference right now that I know of that I'm doing is I'm doing uh, Greensboro in October 20th or so. Uh, that's the NFG conference in Greensboro uh, uh, in the states in the Carolinas there. Uh, October 20th. That's the conference I'm doing. I believe, Ted, you're also presenting there as well. Yep. Uh, Mike Calvin asks, are press releases useful for SEO purposes anymore? Um, again, our sister group did scientifically test press releases in a controlled environment to see if they push the needle. And I believe they did. Um, uh, but the problem is you don't have a lot of control over them and they usually only uh, link to the index page. So again, it's not my preferred way of doing it. I've tested other links and found they're better, but it's something you can do. Um, it's like it's like as if I taught you martial arts and, and you said, and I said, punching him right here in the button is the best way to knock a guy out right away and stop the fight. And you said, can I kick him in the shins 10 times first? My answer is, I guess you can do that if you want, <laughs> you know, but, but uh, that's not the best way to end the fight. So that would be my answer there. Yeah, you can do press releases if you want, but but I have I have I have techniques scientifically tested that are like doing this and knocking the guy out right away are, are much stronger, more powerful. Um, uh, <laughs> Chase Reiner says today's today's video title should be Chase says hi. <laughs> okay, sure sure thing sure thing Chase. Uh, uh, let's see what other questions we got. Uh, uh, now Chase is just playing with me. Chase and I have a playful, a playful rivalry going on. Uh, Sean Wright says in Google Webmaster Tools, when you do a URL inspection, this is the new Search Console. I, I'm guessing when you do a URL inspection, the referring page of my homepage is HTTP and not HTTPS of the same homepage. Any ideas, guys? Uh, Sean, that's a great question. That's a great technical SEO question. Um, Yes, you need to check to see what your canonical URL is. And in this case, it looks to me like you need to check to make sure that you've converted to HTTPS correctly. Um, you could do an info colon search in Google to see what they think the canonical URL is. And then if it's not what it should be, you need to check your HTTP to see if it's 301ing to the HTTPS. And you need to check your HTTPS to see if you both canonical to HTTPS and if all your linking on the site is to HTTPS. Um, that should do the trick of making sure Google remembers to rank your HTTPS. 
but um, uh, there's some trouble there that you might run into. And last but not least, Deidre asks, I'm waiting patiently until the 24th to see if I recovered my site. Leading up to the monthly Panda refresh, do you see improvements or is it just a burst of traffic on the actual day? Deidre, that's another great question that I, I don't know for sure. I would not assume that it was the same algorithm that hit everybody else that hit you. And I would not assume that it's going to behave the way it's behaving for a lot of other people. Um, I would not wait at all. The only time I would wait is sometimes when you, when you acquire, he's using scare quotes, people acquire. Sometimes when you acquire spammy links, uh, and Google is unsure of those links, they will put your target page in an A-B testing where you get dots and dashes like Morse code in the old search console, or you get start like straight block lines like a electrical kind of reading in the new search console. That's the only time you sit and wait to see if it's just going to level out and if Google is going to accept those, those spammy-ish links that you acquired through no fault of your own. Every other time, I would not wait because it only takes time. You need to uh, run a serious audit. You need to either do a core report and or you need to get a full audit from an SEO scientist who uses the most highly trustable methods, uh, myself or anybody else in that category, which is very few people. But if you don't like me, I can recommend somebody else. And um, uh, you need to get a full audit and work. They're going to generate a huge work list for you of technical, on-page, off-page, user, social, entity, all that kind of stuff that you need to fix. And then you need to go fix all that. And, and you, you don't – SEO is best done with a holistic approach because even with our advanced scientific testing, we are like scientists in the 1800s, uh, you, know, uh, you know, in the Jack the Ripper days, cutting up cadavers, this is a bad example maybe, but cutting up cadavers and making wild guesses to what these, these, these organs do. The other SEOs are like, like, like burning sage in your face and, and, and thinking that does something. We're, we're one or two steps ahead of them, but we are nowhere near like what scientists can do these days with understanding the Higgs boson and understanding the standard model and understanding all this stuff because Google controls, controls the black box of nature and they purposely try to make things obfuscated so we have a hard time figuring it out. So, so we're ahead and you want the science, but, but we certainly don't know everything, that's for damn sure. And we're not saying we know everything, that's for damn sure. And in this particular case, I would not wait for it to be that distinct and that obvious. I would take the holistic approach. I would do everything that we have highly trustable knowledge to know that you want to do for ranking factors and what you don't want to do. Delete what you don't want to do. Boost what you do want to do. And through that process, somewhere along the way, you're going to fix the two or three things that are wrong and you're going to see the improvements and you're going to get it back. Don't believe me? Just go to bit.ly slash SEO proof to see uh, my group, my, my recent uh, uh, results, and also some of my group's recent results are also in there as well. So that's the end of the show, folks. Thank you for asking your SEO questions. I would like to thank Ted Kabaitis. I would like to thank all my mentor students who came in uh, to ask questions and to help in with the chat. Ted, do you have any final thoughts for today? Um, I was just uh, reaching out to Sean Right, who appears to have some sort of a redirect problem between his HTTP and his secure. So I would look into your redirect, Sean. There you go. So that's one of the things I said that needs to be checked. And Ted's already looked at it for you. So that's a fantastic thing. So uh, thanks again, folks. As I said, next week, I'm off doing a course for my mentorship group. If you'd like to sign on to that, no problem. Just go to secretseo.guru. That's secretseo.guru. 
and check out my mentorship group and we're having a course. I have all the other previous courses uh, recorded, by the way, all of a bunch of SEO quickies as well, and to all of our current experiments as to everything that's going on, all of our secrets you can have access to if you want to check that out. Uh, and also, if for those of you who want to try Cora, because we talked a little bit about that today, that there is a link uh, underneath in the comments for 25% off on that as well. So next week, we won't see you on the free course. I'm doing the paid course next week. The week after is, again, the, the free show, again, Thursday at 1 p.m. We hope to see you at that time. And for those about to rank, we salute you. See you next time. Bye-bye.